0: Good morning, and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today
1: is Thursday, March 16th, 2023. The weather today will be a high of 3 degrees in Edmonton, 4 degrees in Calgary, minus 8 degrees in Saskatoon, and 2 degrees in Toronto.
0: And tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. Thank you, Evie. <laughs> I was
1: just, I was like, oh, do I have any other good morning, uh, good morning songs or anything. I don't have anything queued up. I used to have like lots of different like good morning stuff like like. Uh... Good morning, Vietnam. We've been so dull lately. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's like uh time change. Ugh. My eyes are burning. They still are. <laughs> But like I I made like this big promise that that we would never be that type of people, that if you're going to tune into the show every morning, that we're supposed to be the people that prevent you from feeling that way. Um, We're doing a terrible job. We got this. But. But. Good morning, everybody. We're broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time, Mountain Time on the Podbean app. If you want to listen to the show live, all you got to do is just download that app, Podbean, and uh, search up the show. You'll get notified at uh, 6 a.m. that uh, we're live. And you can hop in the app and you can see all these lovely people that we see here this morning saying good morning. Uh, There's a chat box, a call-in button. You can ask any questions you want, any questions you want about real estate investing for free. We will answer it. It's free coaching every morning. And today... I better see lots of questions.
0: Yeah, you guys have been uh, non-questiony this week. Yeah, today's uh,
1: (laughs) yeah, we're past halfway the uh, the the week, and we're not seeing a whole heck of a lot of questions coming in. Yeah, Um, you guys must be doing so well. (laughs)
0: Congratulations.
1: (laughs) Congrat Congratulations (laughs) for succeeding. If you're not, then you're just too scared to ask questions, which. It's just completely unacceptable. There's so many questions. Like, just think about it. If you're, if you're having trouble trying to figure out what, what to ask, think about what's preventing me from reaching my goals. Yeah. And uh, whatever that is, is you know, we can probably resolve that. Because that dumb thing that's preventing you from reaching your goals, I'm sure 99% of other investors have already dealt with it. Yeah, for sure. That's why we're here, right? Yeah. Because the, the, what you're experiencing is nothing new. Okay, I know you feel unique. I know it's like, it's just, it's a you thing, but it's not. It's everybody deals with it.
0: And so. you feel unique. <laughs> okay, sorry, go ahead.
1: You thought that was funny? Yeah,
0: you are unique.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, and I know, I know, you are you are unique. But in this circumstance, you're not unique, okay? <laughs> you're just normal, and you need to get over it. And it's it's just your insecurities. But we can help with that. We can help you either work around it or work through it. Whichever is the best approach to get you towards your goals. That's where you're here, right? That's why you made this big decision to invest in real estate. Because I'm, I'm sure it's not just because you like to collect houses and you loved the game Monopoly when you were a kid. It was probably for some valid reason. I don't know. For some reason, right?
0: Some meaningful reason. Some
1: meaningful <laughs> reason. You just wanted something better. You saw somebody else who's doing it and you're like, oh, if that fucker can do it, I can do it too. Or something happened in your life and you said, I am never, ever, ever going to experience anything like this again. I'm going to take control of my life. I heard that real estate is the way to build wealth. I heard on some Instagram post or some podcast that 90 somewhat percent of millionaires are created. their millions through real estate, something, something. Whichever, right? There's a bit. There was a meaningful reason, is what I'm trying to get at, right? Absolutely. So, what's preventing you from succeeding in it? Ask your questions now. <laughs> and uh, so, let, let's talk about. Uh, let's let's say hello to who joined us this morning. Let's do on it on the live show. Uh, no, numero uno in the room this morning,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Don Christensen.
0: Nice, very nice. Took Good the, job. In,
1: took the inside corner this morning. Nobody saw him coming.
0: You know, I was having trouble um, pulling up the show and I was like, oh, I'm definitely going to be like 12th and I was fourth.
1: Mm-mm. No, you were third.
0: Well, aside from you, right? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. So it, t- it said four to me.
1: So. Uh, good morning to Eric. Good morning to Listina. Sitting side by side, I'm assuming. Mm hmm. Um, good
0: morning, Ray.
1: Yeah. Hey, Elray.
0: Hey, El Ray, Hey, JD.
1: Hey. <laughs> How you doing?
0: Good morning, Ken and Denise. They're here.
1: Good to see you guys here.
0: <laughs> Good morning, Jeff. Hey, Gary. Hey, Gary. How you doing? Hey, Nasir. Hey, buddy. Good morning, Philip. Hey, Philip. Good morning, Francis and Courtney. Hey, guys. Good morning, Jagger. Leo.
1: Jagger and Leo.
0: Good morning, Alan. Hey, Alan. Hey, hey. How
1: about that sandwich yesterday?
0: Oh yeah, you guys went out for sandwiches. Yep. Yeah. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Don.
1: Hey, Matt. Congratulations on, I don't know, all of your properties.
0: <laughs> on whatever you have going well,
1: on. He assigned, he assigned a property yesterday and he took possession of his flip. Oh, okay. And I'm he's, and then I saw a story before bed that he's got another one coming and I'm like, of course you do. Of course <laughs> you do.
0: Good Morning, Joshua on that note.
1: Hey, Josh. <laughs> Working with Matt. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Congratulations. To old Joshua it was right there, right in there. He got it the he's he's partnered on that flip property. Yeah. I don't know how much he was involved in the the other assignments, but I mean
0: Josh is killing as well. Yeah.
1: Hey, uh, I've never actually brought this up. Does he prefer Joshua? Sometimes I shorten it with Josh.
0: Um and
1: if I were a Joshua, I Think on
0: Instagram, he's Josh. But I mean, like, if you're going to put your name Joshua, I'm going to read it, Joshua. That's no? the
1: thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, if I were a Joshua and I wanted to be called Joshua, Josh, Joshua, Joshua, Josh.
0: Okay, so as somebody, it just
1: lost all of its meanings. Uh,
0: <laughs> now it sounds funny.
1: What's that called? A semantic semantic association? Association.
0: Is that where all of a sudden a word seems very strange? Yeah. Yeah. I just had that the Joshua, other
1: day. Joshua, Joshua, Joshua. <laughs>
0: Wow. Oh, okay, but I'm a Gabrielle who goes by Gabby, so I can speak to this. And sometimes in my life, like when I was starting a new job or when I moved and was like, um, you know, in a in meeting new people, I always went by Gabrielle. And I felt like people had to earn the right to call me Gabby. Weird, right? Sorry, not earn the right. That sounds bad. Mm. But like, but like I only introduced myself or i only like started referring to myself as gabby once i was comfortable with them so maybe it was like something for myself like a comfort level thing so i would present myself as gabrielle or i would present myself as gabby and that's what i wanted to be called or referred to
1: uh, people just called me wayne yeah yeah
0: hurricane <laughs> hurricane wayne <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> And see, John John says, need to change my name tag in the future events to JD instead of leaving it as John. Not yeah. John. Like you're, you're, you're John here, like that's what you have your name as. If you want to be called JD, like change it. Right. Yeah. Pretty Otherwise,
1: simple. people are going to
0: call you Johnny. <laughs> hey, we also have um, Kyle. Hello, hello. This hey, Kyle. Hey, Kyle. Um, who else do we got? Taylor says marnin
1: she said she says morning or marnin
0: i i i read it oh
1: my god
0: (laughs) she can't do it once and not do it again Mm, true facts (laughs) you are who you are taylor own it (laughs) good morning gary good morning cody and uh okay joshua says i don't care lol all right usually just josh but sometimes google auto fills accounts with joshua yeah i hear that Actually, Google, Google autofill is starting to uh, refer to me as Gabby. Finally, really? like recently. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yep.
1: Well, thank you everybody for joining us today. And, um, I don't see any questions.
0: Yeah. Big wow. ol' nothing.
1: Big old short show is what you're going to get.
0: <laughs> it was really great chatting you guys. Today's Thursday. I hope you have an amazing day. Yeah. And we'll see you tomorrow.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, I, I, I do have um I had a message from Chastin yesterday. Um well actually Robin is Robin here?
0: I have not seen Robin. Son of a gun. Philip has a question.
1: Um Robin uh uh chimed in yesterday and, and said he wanted to talk about um I think it was rental changes. Rental, rental increases rate. in – yeah, in Newfoundland. Yeah. Um But we, I was just looking at the time and like we were running low and we had to get through what we were going to get through. So I asked him if he can come back tomorrow and he said, yep. And then he didn't. And he
0: flipped you the big old bird behind his screen. Yeah. Said you lost your chance, buddy.
1: (laughs) Did he text you? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, well anyways, uh, Chasten also, um, uh, sent in a little bit of a, a story yesterday when we, so yesterday we were talking about, um,
0: Was that the day before? Yeah, it was. Sorry, Chasten.
1: This is two days ago.
0: I think so. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yesterday we were, th- oh yeah. Bad tenant stories was two, two days ago. Whoa. Twilight <laughs> zone. Um, okay. Well, this is from two days ago. A Chasten had a, 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 a bad tenant story that I never got to. I'm sorry. We just started talking about other stuff yesterday. He said, um, "I had to break up a dom- he had to break up a domestic dispute with his tenants a few years ago. They broke literally everything they owned. TV was smashed, glasses, plates, you name it. Other than a few scratches, once they cleaned everything up, the suite was perfectly fine.
0: Holy crap!
1: So they just broke everything that they owned. But <laughs> they didn't. They only left a few scratches in the actual suite.
0: That is wild." Can you imagine just like being so enraged that you're just like going through your entire house, smashing everything you own? Mm-hmm. Yikes!
1: Mm-hmm. Crazy.
0: Anger management.
1: All right. Well, um, you said Philip's got a question.
0: Yeah, but do you want to um, get right into the question?
1: Uh, well, let's just take a quick little break, and we'll get back to that question. And you guys can work on uh, getting more, <laughs> getting your shit together. <laughs> Just kidding. We'll be back in a second.
0: Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right. No sloppy seconds from DCI. No sloppy seconds. (laughs) So if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash albertabuyers or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. New to real estate? Stuck? Maybe you need quick cash. Wholesaling is a strategy that can fit almost any investor,
1: but it has to be done right. Hi, I'm real estate lawyer Barry McGuire and I'm here to help. Join me in Calgary on March 18th for a full-day deep dive into wholesaling. Space is limited, so reach out to Wayne and Gabby right away for their special offer. Last I checked, they had three spots left, but Mm -hmm. then I saw someone comment in one of the posts that someone just signed up. So as far as I know, there's two spots left. Um, That special offer that he's referring to is a coupon code that they gave us. That you can use for being a loyal listener and that code is rei masters and that will get you approximately 30 percent off
0: do you know what else that'll get you uh free drinks from mr wayne hillier <laughs> so after the the full day course they all gather up in the uh, lounge downstairs and um, have some dinner and drinks and stuff And uh, yeah, if you use that REI master's code, uh, Wayne put it out there publicly that he's going to buy your drink tab.
1: Just trying to sweeten that deal. (laughs) It's all about making irresistible offers, people. I um, I know that uh, that sometimes people just need, just to, I don't know, they need to feel like that's a really good deal for them to to recognize an opportunity or to, to take advantage of an opportunity. So if whatever I got to do, you, if you can come down just for the drinks, but I mean, you got to use, you got to obviously attend the, the workshop and, <laughs> and use the code. Um, but yeah, it's a huge bonus. I mean, why not? Uh, it's, it's, uh, I think the workshop is, is 1400 bucks and, uh, with the code, it's less than a thousand. So, I mean, like to, to learn how to do wholesaling for that, you get a full day, um, you know, from eight AM to five PM, plus all the Q and A, plus you know the networking afterwards and all the drinks. Um,
0: you say drinks? Yeah.
1: Well, you are going to be saying drink by the time you are <laughs> by the time you are leaving. Um, yeah, I it's it. I think there's for a lot of investors who are getting started, wholesaling is a really, really great option. Really great option for, to get to learn your market, to make some cash, and um, and you, you don't need a whole heck of a lot of money to start. So it's really great. I, I love it. I I we were just telling it up recently. Um, not for last year's, but twenty twenty one. I think because we were just finishing up taxes. I don't know how much we did yes last year. Um, but I believe it was in twenty twenty one. Gabby and I passively made somewhere between sixty and eighty thousand dollars in wholesale fees. Just passively. I'm not an active wholesaler either. I just know how to do it. And when you understand the strategy, you recognize the opportunity. And what that means is that, you know, when I'm just out and about doing my normal real estate stuff, sometimes I see opportunities and I'm like, oh, well, I can assign this or I know someone to be interested in this and I can assign it to them for a fee and make some fast cash. And if I have time to do that passively while I'm doing my real estate businesses, you have time to do it passively while you're doing your job. mm mm-hmm. Right, and that's an extra sixty to eighty thousand dollars, and that's barely trying, right? Just understanding how to do it, and that's that's half the problem for for most people is they don't understand how to properly do it, and if they did, they would recognize the opportunity, and that sixty or eighty thousand dollars is one down payment for your first property, right? Or it pays for your coaching and mentorship that you've been, you know, neglecting because you're like, oh, I don't have the money for it. I really need a coach, someone to show me how to do it. I don't have the money for it, and I don't want to do joint ventures because I don't feel like I'm, you know, qualified enough or competent enough to use other people's money yet. So I want to use my own money first before I get into anything. And but I don't have any money to do my first deal. I don't have any money to pay someone to teach me how to do my first deal or to find money. So I'm just in this continuous loop. Does that sound like you? It should, because that's like 50 to 75% of people I talk to. It it says the exact same thing I told you earlier. You are not unique. (laughs) Everybody has the same excuses. Everybody has the same reasons. Everyone's got the same. Everyone's got shit, right? The question is, is this year the year that you stop spitting out that shit? And you know, leaning on those excuses—is this the year that you actually say "fuck it" and you do something about it? Mm. That's why you're here, right? Hell yeah! Yeah. Okay.
0: Hashtag fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Just being honest, Gab. That's a, that's a, that's what all the in, that's all the iTunes reviews say is that they appreciate the podcast because it's honest. And we don't hold back. And we don't sugarcoat anything. I've been in this game long enough to know why some people succeed and why others don't.
0: Um, some people also really like that we sometimes swear. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I heard that. I heard that. People <laughs> and were, some people don't. <laughs> yeah, and then some people don't. Um, some police departments in Ontario do not do appreciate Do not it.
0: appreciates the swearing.
1: Got it. Apologies.
0: I have been some questions coming in.
1: All right. Yeah. Wow, did I did I inspire the uh
0: the crew? I guess so. Okay. I think that um if I'm sure that Taylor's already written a review, but if she could rewrite her review, she'd be like I'm here for the quark, quark, The animal noises.
1: What? She said that?
0: Yeah. She really likes the random animal noises.
1: Oh. When, oh, whenever Gabby says she's got her ducks in a row, <laughs> <laughs> and, and the fact that you guys hear it so much just shows how often Gabby says that phrase.
0: I'm gonna start saying poop in a group.
1: Yeah. Well, you want me to make fart noises? <laughs> no, thank you. Okay. Uh, what was um? What was Philip's question?
0: Uh Philip's first question. Um oh my gosh, where is it? Sorry guys.
1: Uh wholesaling foreclosures. It's a very, very tiny little question there, right? Can you wholesale court foreclosures?
0: Oh, okay. There, yeah. you, you said it.
1: <laughs> yeah, do you want me to repeat it? Yeah, I still
0: haven't it? found it, so it's it's in there. Okay.
1: Um can you wholesale court foreclosures? Uh, once it's in the foreclosure process, um, it's 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 out of the hands of the seller. The seller can, well, it depends. I think,
0: I think he means can you lock up? A, can you get an a, a, um, not approved, a accepted oh, offer on a court foreclosure and okay. then assign it.
1: Oh. Anyways,
0: that's my interpretation of the question.
1: Okay, so what he's saying is, is that um, there is a there is a listing on MLS. Uh, the owner is the court. Well, it's gone to the court, but it's still yeah. Um, the seller is going through the court um, for the sale. Um, it's you can you can assign any purchase offer, right? So it it doesn't matter if it's. Um,
0: yeah so any contract in alberta is assignable any any real estate contract in alberta is assignable um where i can see possible issues arising is there's different ways to process um a wholesale so like you can just have a one-page wholesale contract that um, just goes along with the purchase contract and the lawyers go bada bing bada boom kate done. Or you can change the names on the purchase contract. So once it's accepted, you can then go back to the seller and say, actually, my, you know, um, co-worker or my uh, whatever is going to be um, purchasing. My partner is going to be purchasing the property instead of my name. So can we go ahead and change this and get you to initial? Um, So there's like there's different ways that you can do it and where you could do a double close close, and that's where i'm getting to is that oh apologies i feel like in a circumstance where the court is is processing the sale um i feel like they're going to be less uh willing to work with you to change names and to um you know like have have the lawyers be like oh okay so yeah this person signed the contract but i have a wholesale uh contract here saying that this is the person who's actually going to close on it. So you're very likely going to have to do an actual double close, which means you're going to have to come up with the funds to close on the property and then immediately sell it to your end buyer that you're wholesaling it to.
1: And that's normally done in like a one day thing, right? Like the lawyer receives funds, it goes into their accounts and then immediately they send the funds to the next person, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so that that would be something that I would be aware of that can happen. I'd um, say
1: that it's impossible. I mean, yeah. it's just it it's there's there's more
0: I'd say it's more likely. There's a higher probability of that being the case.
1: Or it's 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 more it's probable that or unlikely that. It's unlikely that uh the other party, the which is whoever is handling the foreclosure um, will be willing to to initial the name change, or that they will be okay with a one page assignment being attached to it, and wondering why you know they accepted your offer, but now who's this other person
0: mm-hmm. that's
1: now taking control of this contract? It's it's not to say that it won't it can't, but it's just complicated, yeah, and um, you don't want a deal to fall through because of something silly like that. Uh, I mean, but like Gabby said, the alternative is just to, to do a double close. Um, now, you do need to come up with funds temporarily. It's like w- you need funds for one day um, to close on the property. So you can find some private lenders who are willing to do something like that. They, they may not charge you what they would normally charge um, because it's just a quick transaction, but it's still going to be high interest. But, um but you're not paying high interest over the, the duration of a year. Like if the yearly rate is 15%, what's the daily rate? <laughs> well, know?
0: I would guess at that point that they would just ask for a fee. Yeah. For, just be a quick fee. It.
1: And as long as with that fee, you know, uh, take it into account that the, the wholesale assignment is still makes sense financially, then figure it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's, that's court foreclosures. Now, if it's, if it's a bank owned foreclosure, it's a little bit easier. Um, it, it very very simple. I just just have the the realtor you know do a one page um, name change addendum. You don't even need to do like a uh, it doesn't need to be like an assignment contract. It can just be a name change addendum, and then you can have your assignment contract off on the side between you and the investor that you're assigning it to. Yeah, um, I've I've assigned and and been assigned uh, uh, many. Uh, bank-owned foreclosures, and it's a pretty simple process, pretty easy.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: I'm sure there's a few people here that are going to be shocked to hear that you can actually, yes, you can indeed find deals on the MLS and assign them. Mm -hmm. For many, 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 many years, people said that it wouldn't work. And I am seeing tons in the last 12 months, tons of people assigning MLS deals. Now, the reason why people said that it wouldn't work is because they're like, well, if they can literally, like, if they can see that it's on MLS and they can see what it's listed for and they can see what price I got it locked up for, what's stopping them from just waiting it out to see if, you know, if I don't buy it off of them and then they don't remove conditions and it goes back to the, on the MLS, I can just go and write the same offer that they wrote and I don't have to pay them an assignment fee. Right, Mm -hmm. it's a a greasy, greasy, greasy move. But you know, a lot of people were concerned about that, and it's happened. Um, I can't name anyone specifically or any um, certain exact scenarios where it's happened, but it has happened before. I can guarantee that. But I'm seeing lots and lots of people locking up really good deals that are on the MLS. They just they're just really good at negotiating. And they're just really good at putting out tons of offers, finding opportunities, writing lots of offers, securing good deals, and then just assigning them for a fee. Mm -hmm. And as long as the deal works to the end buyer, to the end investor, it doesn't fucking matter.
0: Yeah. Even if you ended up paying the the amount that you could have gotten it off of the MLS, like somebody else is also winning. Like what's Mm -hmm. wrong with that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, 100%. And like I've seen so many deals come through recently where like uh, you know, 10 different investors I know are like, oh, yeah, I, I put a bid on that on that deal. Yeah. Right? And they were pissed that they didn't get the deal. Yeah. Well, wouldn't they be happy if they got the deal? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, I really wanted that property, but I was off by $2,000. Well, if you could still get it for close to the same price or three or $4,000 more, would you still buy it? Of course mm-hmm. you would. Right. Because someone else got it, or they they put a better offer in, or they put it in at better timing, or they had a, de- a better deposit, whatever, better terms. You don't know. And there's, I, I, I can probably name at least five different deals that I put offers on that I wish I would have got, but I was off by 500 bucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, great. Yeah. You can absolutely um, do MLS, um, find MLS deal or ho- wholesale deals off the MLS. Um, great opportunities. Yeah. Um, most of the best opportunities are off market, but you know if the the funnels looking dry, doesn't you know what's what's wrong with scrolling through the MLS and see what you can find there.
0: Yeah uh, Philip says that he would have loved to gone to the wholesale course this weekend but promised his eighteen year old a trip to the mountains. Well that's that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Creating memories. That's L- What it's all for, you're lucky the 18 year old still wants to hang out with you, right?
1: Facts, <laughs> but that's what it's all for, right? Exactly. So,
0: okay, um, so this is going to end up being uh, you asked for the questions, but they're a hodgepodge of questions,
1: okay? Can yeah. we stick with relevant ones first?
0: Um, or are they all over the place? They're all over the place, okay. <sighs> hey.
1: hmm.
0: The next question is uh grading rent to owns and then uh finding good neighborhoods to invest in. <laughs> hmm.
1: Hmm. All
0: right. And Robin joined the room. Hi. Hi Robin. Um and you you asked him to come back and and we'll talk about Newfoundland rent oh, increases today.
1: Of... Robin Doyle? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Yeah. Son of a gun. Okay. Well, all right, we're going to be all over the place today.
0: Yeah, looks like it's going to be one of those days.
1: Okay, where do you want to start? In order? Hmm?
0: In order? Yeah? <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Philip also asks, when is it a good idea for an investor to turn his his or her rental into a rent to own? I have a renter who is interested in rent to own. Ooh.
1: You know, this... Uh... This was a, one of our conversations over lunch yesterday, we, um, we had many conversations over, so actually, uh, a bunch of the, the masters, REI masters, mentees, um, all met up for lunch, you know, for sandwiches yesterday. And, uh, it was, it was, it was really cool because, uh, I, I did a post about it, but, um, it was really cool just to be able to like send a message two hours before like, Hey guys, I'm going to grab a sandwich in Edmonton. Anybody want to come? And nine people showed up.
0: Pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, in the middle it, it of the was, day. It, yeah, it Wednesday. was pretty
1: sweet and you know, uh, one of them one of them was working and he was able to take an hour off, but uh Alan and nice. um but the rest were all like they're they're in it. They're doing the the real estate thing. And um and it's 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 so cool to be able to have that flexibility to be able to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Um yeah so it was, it was, it was really nice that, to, to see that everybody kind of living, not necessarily their full dreams, but you know living uh, the life that they want to live and, and doing cool stuff. But anyways, um, one of the discussions we had over lunch was this question was uh, talking about rentals and rent to owns and the difference and will rent- to- own work right now? What scenarios do rent- to- own work? What scenarios do rent- to- owns not work or not work as well? Um, so there's two different types of, um, of rent owns. There's tenant first and there's property first. Tenant first is where you qualify a person and you get them all set up. You send them out to a mortgage broker. You find out hypothetically how much money would they be able to uh, based, sorry, based on their finances, how, how much of a mortgage would they be able to get once they they fix the things that are preventing them from getting a mortgage? Um, so you determine, okay, you're qualified to buy a house for $400,000. So you, then you send them to a realtor and uh, the realtor um, uh, takes them out, sets them up with a search and they find a property that fits that criteria. That's tenant first. Property first is when you already own a property and then you start advertising it as a, a rent to own. And so now you're trying to find someone who, um, who could benefit from a rent to own and they have to want your property. Now, um, the problem with that is that, uh, what I was explaining to, to someone yesterday over lunch is that, man, those, those properties well, in our experience, they'll sit eight to 10 weeks and we'll have like a hundred people show up the first weekend. And then for the next nine weeks, it's dead, zero interest. And the first hundred people, they barely even understood what a rent to own is. Like the tire kickers, they're like, oh, I thought you're giving me a mortgage. Like they have no idea. And it's a lot of work and you're explaining to people. And then they determine, oh, this isn't for me, which is totally fine. With rent to own, um, there's a very, very small uh, amount of people that it can actually benefit. Uh, for the rest i mean like you can set them up on a different path to to getting a mortgage right but there is a small um percentage of people that it does benefit and when you finally find that small little group of people who you know applicants they have to want to buy the house that you currently are offering and in most cases, if someone's going to work really hard for their forever, like their forever home, their home, you know, they don't want to be forced to pick a house that they don't.
0: Well, it's not even just about the house. It's also about the neighborhood and like area, every, everything. everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's you're looking for a needle in a haystack for people that would actually benefit from it.
0: Yeah. When can I just say one thing on that is that I think it in, in these scenarios it also like that stands true. But it also would be easier on a property first if you were an established rent-to-own business that had a really good funnel. You had lots of leads coming in. You were doing like you had you you were actually operating a business opposed to just being an investor who has an opportunity that is looking for somebody. Mm -hmm. So those are going to be so. In our case, we were investors who had an opportunity that were looking for somebody, right? And so so those took quite a long time because we didn't have piles and piles of leads coming through a funnel right
1: yeah, I, yeah. ironically that's one of the things i said yesterday too so oh really oh, okay <laughs> yeah. um for anyone who was there they're probably like oh yeah that's exactly what we said we did not or- talk
0: about this <laughs> in
1: order to be a successful rent-to-own business you need to treat it like a business you need to have like gabby said a, f- a funnel of leads coming through just an it needs to be an overwhelming amount of leads that you can just sift through them to find the right one. But if you're just starting from scratch and you're putting out a Kijiji ad or in your rental listing, you're saying rental or rent to own, it's like, Mm -hmm. you're not going to get many leads and the leads you get to get, you're going to get it. Like they're not going to be quality. They haven't been, you know,
0: it's going to be, it's going to be somebody who's like, Oh, what, what's this? How does this rent to own thing work instead of somebody who's looking for it?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So having an established funnel or a lead generation system, you know, is gonna be the best way. So that way, you know, more more eyes, more applicants, more prospects. You know what I mean? Um now in this scenario, sorry, I wanted to preface all this. In this scenario, um, when is it a good time for an investor to turn his rental into a rent own? I would say never. Um <laughs> because when you when you have a, when you buy a rental pro- when you buy a property you should have intention behind it you should have a plan right tenant profile there's a reason why you're buying this property in this area um, there should there, it should be intentional and your intention should never change because your intention was always to have it as a rental right that's my that's my general answer generic answer um, because that's just it's it's common sense right now if you Now, if you have a special circumstance where I bought this property, it wasn't supposed to be a rental, but then I made it a rental, it worked, but now um, I'm thinking that like because the interest rates went up, I'm thinking I might want to turn it into a rent to own because the cash flow, the extra, sorry, the option payments will help offset the negative cash flow. Kind of similar to what I was talking about yesterday. Yeah. See? Then, in that circumstance, then, then, yeah, if it makes sense, right? If you're trying to solve a problem rather than selling the property and 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 making it a loss or losing a lot of money, then yeah, it's a creative solution. Um, so I would say it would it would have to make sense to answer the first part of your question. When is it a good idea for an investor to turn his rental into a rent own? When you need to.
0: I was I was going to say when. So to summarize, it's when circumstances change. Yeah. So if you have a great rental property that is doing well for you and it fits perfectly into your portfolio and it's everything that, you know, that you set out to do, then then don't like keep keep going. This is like long term wealth generation, right? Mm -hmm. But if if circumstances change in whatever way that may mean, like where holy shit, I was not expecting these, these rate increases. And now I'm negative cash flow, and I can't carry negative cash flow, like, just I I literally cannot. Um, or my life has dramatically changed. And this doesn't fit, you know, where I'm headed and what I'm doing. Or like, you know, this the circumstance can be an array of things, it can be pretty much anything. But if you're Still, like, this is my portfolio and I'm doing great and it is a great rental property. Nobody does that. <laughs> then, I mean, like, we have lots of those great, like, great properties that are doing well. Yeah. Then, no, I don't care if somebody's interested in it. This is my awesome performing rental property. Stay focused. Stay focused. Yeah.
1: Um, so, the second part of his question, or This question was, I have a renter who is interested in renting to own. Before you do it, uh, first step, take a course. Um, 100% take a course. And and this isn't just because, uh, I mean, the reason why you want to take a course, the biggest reason is because there are lots of rules that you need to understand and follow. And if you don't, then you are jeopardizing your tenant buyer's ability to qualify for a mortgage afterwards,
0: which is very easy to do.
1: There are rules that CMHC requires that is very, very like if you don't t- if you don't know them, you your, You're your tenant buyer them up for your tenant buyer will not get a mortgage. Yeah, they will not get a mortgage if you do not follow these steps. They will not get a mortgage. That's as plain and simple as it could, I could possibly say. It. The only other way around it is for you to create um, mortgage fund. And I'm just like, I'm without going into extreme detail, that is that is it. If you do not do these things that need to be done and do it properly, they will not qualify for mortgage. And the only other way around it to make sure they succeed is to commit mortgage fraud. So you have to take a on course. <laughs> and it's I see so many people in just in in, in rental groups and stuff like that. Be like, oh, yeah, here's my contract right here. And I'm yeah, like, somebody That's will be nice.
0: like, uh, I'm I. Thinking about giving a rent to own to my tenant. Does anybody have a contract I can use?
1: And <laughs> part of me just wants to tell them how I really feel in the comments section. But I stopped doing that. And I stopped reading those messages because it's just, I
0: can't, can't save, save everyone.
1: The, I can't <laughs> save everyone. Um, so you just kind of have to shrug your shoulders on that. But take a rent own course. Um, we have a great rent own course in our master's mentorship program. If you're thinking about joining in the future, that that would be a great solution or reach out to Barry and Donna McGuire. They have the same, the same, the same rent to own course. Um, You can get the home study kit and um, you can learn how to do it properly to make sure because ultimately that's what you want. You want to make sure that you're doing your part to make sure that your tenant buyer succeeds, that they do everything that they need to do in order to make sure they qualify that's where rent own gets a terrible name is when people don't do what they're supposed to do, including yourself as the, as the owner. And the tenant buyer fails, whether it's their fault or it's your fault. And then you get into that awkward moment where they're like, well, what about all of my money? And then you go, hey, 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 it's non-refundable. And this is where it gets a bad name is because, All those people that I was talking about in the comment section before that, oh yeah, here's my contract. I found it on lawdepot.ca or some guy gave it to me, Um, but they don't know what they're doing. Those are the guys that just all they know is here's the contract. I'm supposed to collect a little extra every month. We establish a price. And if they don't buy the property within the certain allotted time, um, then I get to keep their deposit. And families get screwed over all the time. And that's why I hear horrible, horrible stories. And most of the time it's because the operator, the owner didn't do what they were supposed to do in order to make sure that person succeeded. They didn't qualify them properly. Now that was another discussion I had yesterday. I don't want to get too far into this because there's other questions, but um, you as a good rent to own operator or, uh, or someone offering a rent to own, you need to be understand how to qualify people, but you are not qualifying them like The question was, well, what if I don't qualify them properly? Like, can they come after me for not qualifying them right? Well, no, that's not your, you're qualifying them for your own internal screening process to make sure that they're actually going to succeed, but it's their own responsibility to know what they're, you know, they should be buying for, but you're doing it because you're a good operator and you want to make sure that all of your tenant buyers succeed and they actually buy the house. So, it's more of an internal screening qualifying process, and you send them to a mortgage broker, and they, um, and the mortgage brokers hypothetically gives them a hypothetical, right? Because even the mortgage broker is not telling them what they're guaranteed to get in three years. So many different things can change in three years, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going way too deep into this topic, but, um, before you do it, I'm just giving all this context because I, I want to make sure that you don't just hop into it, just like everybody else. And I want you to know that it is an advanced strategy. And um, please take the course. Please ask lots of questions on the morning show. Once you have, Um, please get a coach. And I just want to please, please, please do it right. Um, Because ultimately, I don't want to see I'm not blaming or assuming of you, Philip, but I don't want to see more families getting fucked over. That's that's what I'm concerned about is that families who think they're going to, you know, finally home ownership and then they get fucked over because they're not set up properly because someone's ignorant. Mm-hmm. That's what bothers me. Yeah. And that's why I do free coaching every morning. I'm here to, to explain this to people so this stuff, stuff doesn't happen. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, Philip says, thank you for the great information. The property is just cash flowing on a fixed interest rate. You brought up a good point. What did I buy it for? I bought it for a long-term rental as it's in a good area, so I'm sticking to a rental.
1: But, you know, if you're thinking about selling it and then, you know, in a couple of years and you've got a great tenant and the tenant says, hey, I'd like to buy it, but I just need a little bit of time to accumulate a down payment. Then, yeah, I'd mm-hmm. say that would be a great example. Do they have good credit? They just don't have down payment yet. Wow, that'd be perfect. They can lock in today's price before the price goes up because. <sighs> in three years, they're going to be building a bullet train and and one of the stops is Red Deer and Red Deer's prices are going to go up, you know, they're going to skyrocket faster than the bullet train, then then, yeah, they might want to lock into today's price or a, a price today before it goes up in value and you get the benefit of not having to worry about repairs and maintenance and vacancy for the next three years. See, that would be a circumstance where it makes sense. And you, like again, the benefits for you. You don't have to worry about vacancy. You don't have to worry about repairs and maintenance because they're responsible for it. And you don't have to pay for realtor fees when you sell. So you're going to save another fifteen grand there. All in all, the next three years, you're probably going to save close to twenty twenty five thousand dollars. That's pr- that's cash in your pocket. That's profit in your pocket. To summarize, I love rent own. It's just complicated.
0: It is. Um, I would say that like rent to own and probably like agreements for sale are the two like you need so much education on. Like Mm -hmm. you need to really understand before you implement.
1: You have no idea how much I hate seeing people operating rent to own businesses and doing agreements for sale. And I know that they've never taken courses. Yeah. Oh, Gabby hears all about it. Yeah. Or even like,
0: uh, like, um, I I like that realtors um, will, will bring agreement for sale um, opportunities to the public. Like I'm not saying I don't like that realtors do that, but the thing that I don't like is when somebody who hasn't taken a course is on the buying end of that because uh-huh. an opportunity was presented. There's so much that you need to know um, to protect both yourself and the buyer. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I mean, <sighs>
1: Well, that's that's exactly it. I'm not concerned about the investor. I can get two shit. Yeah, they can screw
0: themselves over. Ignorant person. Yeah.
1: If that ignorant person wants to mess up and lose money, have at her. That's your life. That's your decisions. You want to be ignorant and not take a course and not get the proper education, then you're in (laughs) then that's your fault. But it's the other people that are involved, the buyers and the sellers and the tenant buyers that get fucked over that they don't know any different. And they trust you as an expert. That's what bothers me: is yeah. the public getting fucked over, and they're they're just unsuspecting. They don't know. And the person comes in with you know their BMW or their their cheap suit, and they say, "Oh yeah, I've done hundreds of deals just like this," and they're completely full of shit. That's what bothers me. So please, guys, get education. I'm not saying all of you guys walk in with cheap suits, uh, cheap uh, suits, and, <laughs> um, and 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 you know 2004 BMWs, but. I'm just saying that like please make sure you get education before you go and do these advanced strategies. Because okay. it's not you that gets fucked over because you it, normally it's it's the other person, it's the unsuspecting person who's not a real estate investor. Yeah. And it gives everybody a bad name and it's just it's not right.
0: Amen. Okay. Uh, so we have another question here. When looking into a new market or city, what? Oh, that. Okay, let me try that again. <laughs> when looking into a new market or city that you may potentially want to invest in, what are some strategies to find good neighborhoods to invest in if you are unfamiliar with the city?
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this one super simple. Okay, um, find a local investor group and ask them. And also find a local investor-focused realtor and show that you're serious, show that you're a trigger puller, show that you got money, and ask them to spend 30 to 60 minutes with you. And they can do it through Zoom, whatever, and just say, hey, this is what I'm looking for. This is the type of investments that I'm looking for. This is my business. This is my plan. Um, I'm looking for properties that kind of fit something like this within this price range. Is this possible in this city? Or what are the top three um, property types, asset classes, neighborhoods that big investors are investing in, in this city, in this market? Because every, every city, every market has a unique, you know, has their own unique opportunities. Right. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've, I've shared at Edmonton's before, like it's, the, there's there's like three. There's three that everybody do. And then there's there's other stuff that people do by accident. You know what I mean? There's lots of half duplexes and one-bedroom apartments that people have as rentals, but it was, it was an accident. It was never intentional, right? But if you ask the big players, they will say, these three things in my market are what everybody does because the numbers make sense based off market rents, based off property values, based off cur- today's current interest rates, right? So you just need to figure out what those are. And the best way to find out is to find out from the experts who are currently already there. And most markets have a little investor group that is comfortable with sharing that information. And if you get resistance from, you know, call up some investor and, you know, Tommy and Tommy's like, "Ah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, no, no, I wouldn't invest here. And that's probably because Tommy doesn't like to share. And there's, there's a lot. Sorry, I, I'm just trying, trying to think of the one name that we don't, we don't know too many Tommies.
0: I don't know any Tommies.
1: Oh, Tommy's gonna fucking, he's gonna send me a private message though. <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening to you for four years, and this is the shit you pull. <laughs> Stay out of Winnipeg. <laughs> um, now Winnipeg's gonna shit on me too. Um, <laughs> can't win. No, can't win. I. There's, there's always people like that in every market where they'll, they're not willing to share. They've, they've got that scarcity mindset. Um, So just, just keep asking around. And in in a world like today where everything we're connected in so many different ways with groups and communities and online forums and all the TikToks and all that stuff, it's very easy to find a hashtag um, or a group where, you know, you can find, uh, you know, information very quickly from lo- from local experts. So, it shouldn't be very hard. You can ask around in the REI Masters group. You can ask around in most other groups. You know, hop on to Winnipeg Investors Facebook group or Winnipeg whatever Reddit threads.
0: Um, I like how you said you're going to keep this simple and then you just rambled for like 10 minutes.
1: That is simple.
0: <laughs> um, I would like to jump in here if I may. Yeah. Are you ready?
1: Lifeline, thank you. <clears throat>
0: Okay, so first of all, this isn't what I was going to say, but um, I just had a thought as you were saying that I am surprised by how many um, how many people who are thinking about investing find us um, based off of a stupid hashtag in Instagram. Like, no, it is wild. So, it's actually a really good tip, though. Is let's say that it is Winnipeg that you're looking into. You're interested in Winnipeg and you want to find out what the markets are like and what neighborhoods are good and if you can find cash flow and what the tenant profile is and all that kind of stuff, look up, okay, I shouldn't have used Winnipeg because I don't know their um, airport code, but let's say, okay, let's say it's Edmonton. Look up the hashtag on Instagram, R-E-I-Y-E-G for instance, or R-E-I Alberta. And you're gonna find so many Local investors who use that hashtag and start following them, and once you see like, okay, this person's or like, start clicking on their profiles, and you can see like who the people who are taking it seriously are. Mm -hmm. Like they'll they'll have lots of content and they'll be all over you know their social medias and stuff, and um, and that's a great way to find local people that you can reach out to. And usually, if you slide into their DMs, they'll respond. Mm. People love that shit.
1: (laughs) Does Winnipeg even have an airport?
0: Oh my God, Wayne. I don't know. I've only flown privately into Winnipeg. Hair flip. <laughs> my old boss had a, a private plane. He was a pilot, actually. He had his pilot license. So whenever we went to like Toronto or Winnipeg or anything for work, um, we'd hop on the private plane and no big deal. My mom just reminded me of that the other day. <laughs> Anyways, I digress. Okay, so what I was going to say is what? Nothing. Wayne, Wayne's just like cringing over there. I, I
1: just never got an opportunity to apologize for my bad joke.
0: Okay. If one has an so, airport, yeah, yeah
1: it's a YWG.
0: Okay, so R E I Y W G. Oh, I remember flying privately. Yeah, definitely pri- fly fly privately whenever you get a chance. It's pretty sweet. Um. Okay. So back to figuring out new cities and um, neighborhoods and stuff.
1: I I rambled far less.
0: One thing, (laughs) I mean, we have six more minutes to kill. Just let me go. (laughs) Um, One thing that I think is highly underrated and that is overlooked by so many investors and that nobody talks enough about is so many people come in and they're like, okay, What's I keep hearing that Edmonton is the only Edmonton and New Brunswick are the two places that I can invest in that actually st- can still cash flow. If we find the right property, we'll still be able to find cash flow. I heard that those are the only two two places in Canada that I can still invest in. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go to Edmonton or I'm going to go look and I don't even know if it's New Brunswick. I'm, I'm out of the loop on the East coast, but I feel like that's something that people talk about. Um, Anyways, so they're like, hey, that's where I'm going to invest. And so I'm going to find a realtor there and I'm going to find out which neighborhoods um, I can get the best cash flow in because I keep hearing cash flow is king, right? I need to invest for cash flow or else it's a bad investment. And that's people's criteria. This is the city and the realtor told me this neighborhood has really good cash flow. And then people who don't live in that city and don't actually know those neighborhoods and listen to the realtor and buy that property in that neighborhood are all of a sudden like, I have the shittiest tenants, or why can't I find tenants, mm-hmm. or you know this and that, and why are all the applicants that I'm getting um, on you know only on um, income support, and why do they all have such bad credit? Like I can't. Why is this happening? Did I buy a, a bad property? Did I? And so my advice is that before you go and seek out said realtor or said group of investors um, and start asking questions is be really clear on what is important to you in your portfolio. So is it more important to have the highest cash flow and you don't give a shit who your tenant is? You could care less. And all you want is that nice big cash flow payout every month, and you're going to forget about you know the extended vacancies and the crap that you're going to have to deal with from the crappy tenants. If that's your strategy, go for it, and but be clear on it. All you're looking for is the highest cash flow you could possibly find, in the and you don't care what neighborhood. But if a really good tenant profile matters to you and you're willing to sacrifice cash flow, then be clear on that. I want at least i want it to at least break even or give me a little bit of cash flow but i want a really good tenant profile in really great neighborhoods in this city does that exist where okay these types of properties okay that's be clear on that mm-hmm. and communicate that to said realtor um so i just like you need we see this happen all the time out of province investors coming to edmonton not knowing the neighborhoods finding a realtor and saying, give me cash flow. And time after time, people end up contacting us saying, what's wrong with my property? Yeah. And time after time, we see that they're all buying in the exact same neighborhoods that they were told to have really great cash flow. And sorry, you bought in a shitty neighborhood.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So be clear on that. Yeah. Before you go and contact people and, and start trying to figure out those neighborhoods.
1: I... <sighs> Yeah. And, and I don't, mm, mm, I've offended so many people today. I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say it, but um, realtors um, are trying to help you buy a property. And it, I can't speak for the intentions or the integrity of all realtors. However, You know they are in the business of making realtor fees, and the only way for that to happen is for someone to actually transact, whether that be sell or buy. And in this in this example, it's going to be buy. And if someone's like, "I want to invest in this city," where do I invest? You give them some good options to invest in, and you can't rely one hundred percent, one hundred percent of your information from a realtor that you've never met before. You can't just call one realtor and say like this is what I'm looking for, I'm looking for cash flow and they know you're a serious buyer and if they give you something you're going to buy it. It's just like it's it's kind of naive just to mm-hmm. just to assume that this person has my best interest in mind. Now again, I'm not speaking for every professional, but it's kind of naive not to go and double check with two or three and someone who doesn't have a beneficial interest in that transaction, meaning local investors, because the local investors don't give a shit where you buy and they're going to give you honest feedback. But the pe- if you just rely on a realtor who's going to get a commission from your purchase, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's, it's I don't think it's a good idea. So you need to make sure that you're asking lots of people um, because Gabby's right. This happens all the time. All the time. Um, So I I, I know that like, there's not going to be a podcast in every, you know, city that you're looking to invest in. It's it's just not, I mean, there's there's a lot of, there's a lot of like, if you look into like, you know, Calgary Investor Podcast, you'll find something. Might not be the biggest, best podcast, but, um, or Winnipeg Investors, you know, podcast, but, um, I know that a lot of people that listen to our podcast listen to it specifically because they're interested in the Edmonton and Calgary market. They're interested in Alberta. They heard they're in Ontario. They're in Quebec. They're in Newfoundland. They're in New Brunswick. They're in Nova Scotia. They're in Prince Edward Island. I want to make sure I get all the provinces so no one gets offended. <laughs> um, and and they want to invest in Edmonton, they they listen to us. That's why the number one listeners the, the the city with the most listeners for our podcast is in Toronto. The fifth city is Montreal. Right? And it was it was blowing my mind. I'm like, why why are people listening to this podcast? I clearly do not talk about Toronto or Montreal, but people are listening for um to get information about this province. I'm totally okay with that. I try and be a as much as possible, but I also don't want to talk about shit that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And I'm okay being an Edmonton and Calgary and Alberta expert. That's totally fine. So if you can find other experts who have a non or an unbiased um, opinion on the market and they have they're, they're not going to get any benefit from you purchasing a property here, that's going to be the best opinion. That's why I love it when people listen to our podcast. And that's why people love listening to our podcast because there's no bullshit. I'll tell you what's good, what's not good, and, and just what to stay away from so that you can make a good sound financial decision. I'm not your financial advisor, but I'm gonna tell you all the, the reasons not to, and then you make a critical decision on, on what do you think is right, right? So find that in the market that you're looking for. Absolutely. And don't just rely on someone who's, who's looking at you as a paycheck. Again, I'm just gonna say it one more time. That is not a stab at realtors. I'm just saying that there is um there's a conflict of interest there. Yeah.
0: But it I'll, needs to be yeah identified. But I'll just go back and say that it's also you have your responsibility of properly communicating to them. Like they're just doing their job. You told them find me cash flow and 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 this type of property, and they set you up on a search, and they brought you those properties, and you transacted on them. Mm-hmm. They're not at fault if you didn't communicate that you're looking for an a plus neighborhood and a plus tenants. Mm-hmm. All you told them was, "Where do I find cash flow?" right? So you are equally as responsible to communicate to them what it is that you are looking for, yeah.
1: Biting in my tongue. I think that's the end of the show.
0: It is. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Um, and thank you guys so much for your questions as well. Uh, there are a few extra questions that we didn't get to today. So we will get to them tomorrow. I've got, um, I got something I was working on uh, a couple days ago or this week as well. Um, that I think tomorrow will be really good for depending on how many questions we get. If we get a ton of questions tomorrow, then I'll just hold it off until Monday. But, um, there's something I was working on. I asked a bunch of, um, uh, people that were coaching to give their, their best advice or their, their top tip, um, from remembering back on their first year of investing, what was their biggest lesson or what was their biggest uh, tip that they would give to someone else or to themselves. And um, I got some really great answers and I wanted to do an episode on that where we could um, discuss some of the the biggest lessons that people have had through their first year of, of, of investing. And I, I feel like it would be extremely valuable to others who are listening and, and maybe it's there, they're Absolutely. in their first year great or idea. maybe they're in their third year, but it's it seems like they're still in their first year.
0: Jagger um, says yes, please do. Yeah, and Eric I, I, says, "Ooh, nice! That would be a killer episode."
1: Yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun and very inspiring, um, and hopefully help you break through whatever it is that you're that you're currently struggling with. So, uh, possibly tomorrow, possibly Monday. We'll just kind of see how the how she goes. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, uh, we will see you guys on Friday morning.
0: Boy, peace, peace out.
1: Do you want to say goodbye, kiddo? Bye bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening